Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, glad to see you here tonight. One uh, fun story here. Mr. Larry is right over here. He's just now sitting down. He's 82 years young, served in the Navy all those years. And three, I think it was actually less than three weeks ago, he had an open heart surgery. He came to church last week in a wheelchair. And this week I watched him walk in the building tonight. Can we give it up for Larry who is here? Yeah, he's giving a wave to everybody. Larry, we love you, man. We're proud of you. Thank you for being a man of God in this house, and we're glad you're healthy. Long life to you, another 30, 40 years, I think. So that, you can laugh. It's okay. Everyone's like, oh my goodness, can we? It's okay. We're fine. Hey, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading out of Exodus tonight. Exodus chapter 14. It's baptism night, as Pastor Matthew said. So I'm gonna do a standalone talk tonight on baptism, but I wanna say this at the beginning. This is a message for everybody. Okay, it's really alienating to have sermons that are for like, you know, we got five people, five, six people getting baptized tonight. It'd be really weird if I held you hostage to teach a sermon to five or six people. This is a message for everybody here tonight. The word of the Lord has a funny way of finding its way to our hearts. And so whether you're getting baptized tonight like Dakota and David and the others, or whether you have been baptized or whether you will be baptized in the future, this is the word of the Lord for all of us tonight. So what I'm gonna do is read Exodus 14, four through 20, 16 verses. So hear the word of the Lord. This is a beautiful narrative story, an iconic story out of the, the um, ancient text from the people of God. So hear the word of the Lord. I'll read it and we'll pray and we'll jump in. Exodus 14 says, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart. This is God speaking to Moses. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. So Pharaoh's gonna say, yes, you can go. And then he's gonna regret it. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. And when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, what have we done? We've let the Israelites go and we've lost their services. Our economy is going to tank because our free labor is walking out the door right now. The, the nation's gonna fall apart. They start to regret it right away. So he had his chariot made ready and he took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he chased after, pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his horsemen and troops, they pursued the Israelites and they overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Hahiroth. Everyone say Pi-Hahiroth. <laughs> that was just for fun opposite Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. Naturally, they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Like we could have done that back there. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. They're grumbling and complaining. 
Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Let's just, you realize how asinine a statement that is? When you've got the Egyptians bearing down on you and you know for 400 plus years what they've done to your ancestors, you, and we're trapped at the Red Sea, and Moses, you're going to say, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? So the people are crying out to Moses, and, and then the Lord goes to Moses, what do we got to talk about? Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Keep walking. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know. Previously, he said, you will know that I am the Lord by watching what happens to the... But he says, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front, from the front, and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night... The cloud brought darkness to the one side, to the Egyptians, and light to the Israelites on the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we need your voice. In a world that is so incredibly noisy. In a world with a million different opinions in a world of pundits and politicians talking and blabbering and, and blowing smoke. In a world of all the noise, we say, Lord, let all of that other stuff be silenced and let your voice thunder here tonight. Speak to us, your people. Train us up and challenge us and shape us and heal us from our sins and heal us from our delusions. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would make us your people afresh. May your word run unhindered through this place. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. To read the Bible well, you need to be able to recognize recurring themes, metaphors, images, Stories that keep showing up as you read through the text, Old Testament and New Testament. You need to be able to pay attention to the big meta-narrative, the big meta-themes, the big metaphors that keep showing up. Tonight, we have a biblical story about water. Water shows up all throughout Scripture, and the question we should ask, just the obvious rhetorical question, is what would life be without water? It would be short, I mean, I mean, just water, it matters. And, and, and I think about so many of the greatest memories of my life happen around water, going fishing with my great uncle Olin. 
in Oklahoma on Grand Lake out on his little bass boat, going out there and him teaching me how to fish and skiing, learning to ski on Grand Lake and, and splashing around in the Snake River up in Idaho with my grandparents and working the sod farm with my grandpa and helping uh, get the... Get the um, <sighs> Get the irrigation system going. Forgive me. You're like, yeah, that was a summer job, wasn't it? And it wasn't a year round. Got the irrigation system working. Water and just so much joy. And water makes you young again. It makes you fresh again. You, you get playful around the water. Give kids little cups of water and tell them they can do whatever they want. And just watch the world get turned upside down. Water is so fun. Hot summer pavement, you know, running around barefoot at the pool and they say, stop running here like my feet are burning. You jump in the water and your life is saved. You know, like just, ah, what would life be without water? Nomads and Bedouins that we're reading about here moving through the desert and they come on an oasis or the Native Americans training their, breaking their horses. What would they do? Very often they would take them in the river to break the horses because the, the horses no longer have control and you have to listen to your trainer, your master something about water that shapes us and challenges us. Water makes you silly. And Have you ever noticed the place of water in Scripture? Right at the very beginning, Genesis 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is hovering over the primordial chaotic waters. And into that situation, God says, let there be, and there was. Light comes, earth comes up out of the abyss. Water on the very first page of scripture. Yahweh sends the great deluge in Noah's time and water clears and cleans and resets and they pass through the waters of baptism in the ark and they're saved. That's an ancient story. Baby Moses floating the Nile in a basket that his mother weaved to save his life because Pharaoh had put out a hit on all the young Hebrew boys. The future rescuer is rescued from the treacherous waters. Moses, little baby Moses, is baptized and is saved. Think about the place that water has in Scripture. Crossing the Red Sea, the story we just read. Israel is saved and separated from their oppressors, the Egyptians. They're baptized into the Red Sea and they come out saved on the other side. Crossing the Jordan River, they wander the wilderness 40 years and they're up north now and and now before they go in to inherit the promised land that had been given to Father Abraham generations ago, what do they do? They step their feet into the Jordan and somehow it splits. They're baptized into the Jordan and come out on the other side into salvation and into their inheritance. Water matters in the scriptures. Naaman the leper, he's, a, he's, he's this evil king of all the bad people. And God is even merciful to the bad people, the outsiders, we find. And Naaman's leprous. And, 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 and we see Jesus, you know, or we see the story of Naaman stepping down into the water. Seven times he's dipped and he comes up and his leprosy's gone. God saves, he's baptized, he's delivered. We see this all throughout Scripture, Jesus walks on the water and he turns water into wine and Jesus says to the water, peace, be still and the storm ceases and Jesus says to the woman at the well in the heat of the day, she's, she's lived this life that would cause her to feel shamed in this honor-shame culture and this patriarchal society where she was property and guys did whatever they wanted and she, here she is in the heat of the day because this is the time when no one else will come out. So if you're ashamed, this is a good time to go get water because no one else will be there. 
And Jesus shows up at the well and finds this woman and restores her and dignifies her and blesses her. And this is the first time that she found a safe man. She's essentially baptized that day and comes out on the other side saved. Water matters. In scripture, Jesus says that from believers' bellies, from their bellies, our bellies will flow rivers of living water. And by this, he was speaking about the spirit. We wouldn't just have this external source of life that he said that when the spirit gets a hold of you and moves inside from your belly, from the inside, that irrigation of life, that life-giving stream will flow from deep within us. Revelation 22, the very end of the story, pictures the river of life that flows from the throne of God and of the lamb. And the tree of life stands on both sides of this river and it's bearing fruit, the 12 crops that will be for the feeding and the healing and the blessing of the nations. Water from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 and everywhere in between symbolizes the salvation and the deliverance of our God, can you say amen tonight? And here we are on baptism night, talking about salvation through the water. Jesus comes to his cousin, slightly older cousin, John the Baptist. And John is poking around in the Jordan River, baptizing people for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus had been watching this and John knew, and he's doing his ministry, just, just fulfilling the call on his life the new prophet Isaiah, and here's John baptizing, and Jesus steps down into the water and says, I want you to baptize me, and John goes, are you crazy? I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals, and here you are asking me to baptize you? You bet, come on, crazy cousin, like, but Jesus insisted. Why did Jesus step down into the water? I wanna suggest to you that in Jesus stepping into the waters of baptism, he was taking all humanity into the waters with him to put that old human sin story six feet under. Because Jesus is God, but he's man. (laughs) Fully God and fully us. And Jesus was tempted in every way, just like we have been, but he's the only one who stayed faithful. He's the only one who said, it is written. And he fulfilled his father's plan. So Jesus, when he steps into the Jordan River, this isn't some show, some precious little moment. This is Jesus dragging us down into the waters and, 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 and putting that old sin story six feet under so that when he came up, we came up. So Jesus says, John, you gotta baptize me because I'm, I'm doing this for all of us. <laughs> I'm doing this for the future. Mark 16, 16, Jesus says to us, get in the water. (laughs) The one who believes and is baptized will be saved, but the one who does not believe will be condemned. Wait, 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 wait. I thought you were saying that we, you know, uh, are you saying that baptism is salvific, that the water has got some sort of like uh, superstitious thing going on? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that water is, it's not the water, it's the faith and the obedience of the believer following Jesus who said to get in the water that is salvific. I'll say it this way. We don't trust the water, we trust Jesus who's calling us into the water. Salvation comes through obedience and faith following Jesus. And Jesus said, the one who believes in me and is baptized will be saved. But the one who ignores me, who doesn't believe and is not baptized, so follow me into the water. So three things I wanna say tonight about baptism. Three statements about baptism before we baptize these saints and witness miracles. First thing I wanna say is baptism gets us in on God's salvation. God is saving. God is healing. 
God is nourishing. God is refreshing. You read those Old Testament stories of the people of God at the Red Sea, the people of God wandering through the wilderness. It's all God's work. They think they're gonna die. They're the ones turning their fists toward heaven. Shouldn't we just have died in Egypt? Leave us alone. God just keeps on saving. Baptism gets us in on God's salvation. We see in Exodus 14, 13, and Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work out for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. See the salvation of the Lord tonight. Baptism is obedient submission. It's getting in the water. It's God doing something special. And this text tells us how it happened. In verse 19, it says, the angel of God that had been leading the camp of Israel now shifted and got behind them. And the pillar of cloud that had been in front also shifted to the rear of the people. And the cloud was now between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. The cloud enshrouded one camp in darkness and flooded the other with light. The two camps didn't come near each other all night long. I've talked to so many people that I've baptized hundreds of people through the years. And I've been in the church my whole life. I've watched people who have lived one way before and then Jesus gets a hold of them and calls them into the waters. And by faith and obedience, they say, yes, I'll follow Jesus. And they go down under the water and they come back up in resurrection life. And that old sin story is drowned. And I've talked to people, one guy in particular, he was a a serial sinner. Like, like, all of us are sinners. This guy was professional. He was really good. <laughs> he perfected the craft and spent decades building a life of unholiness. And he, he was loving. He put all his chips on the table in the wrong direction. And, and he you know, doubled down. On, and the house is always going to win. <laughs> and, and this guy, his life was, he was, he was going bankrupt in the spirit. And, and he, he, Jesus got him. And he, he went under the water. And we were all there, tears flowing down our faces. Because we knew what this meant for this guy to go under. And he came up and he'll tell you to this day, he'll say that night at baptism, there was a line of demarcation that was drawn in the sand. And I don't know what happened except to say, it's like the cloud of the Lord that was in front of us shifted behind us and it blocked me from my past. It, something shifted. It was just, it was different. It was different. The desires that I had, I, something shifted. The, the, the memories that I had, something was cleansed in my soul. I just, I, all I know is I went in the water one way and I came up different. Brothers and sisters, this is what happens when we follow Jesus. The, the spirit of the Lord is now in front of us and behind us and on every side and above and below. And there's light coming to us and there's darkness on that old sin story. That old sin story, is, it, it's just, it's gone from us. Baptism gets us in on the salvation of our God. The second thing I want to say about baptism is baptism gets us in on our identity. Identity. Man, we live in a confused age. (laughs) Oh, you can buy an identity about every 10 minutes. All these tags that we're sticking on our stories, and I'm this, and I'm that, and I come from this story, and I'm, and I'm, and I affiliate here, and I, and it's just a world of deep confusion and and crazy noise. And baptism gets us in on our true identity. Jesus Himself was baptized. And what happens in that story? The moment Jesus came up, Matt, 
Matthew 3.16. Up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and he saw God's spirit. It looked like a dove descending and landing on him and along with the spirit of voice from the heavenlies. This is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. If those words will get into your soul, everything changes. Everything that we do that's destructive is because these words have not animated our our lives. When I'm living in this identity, this is my son whom I love, delight of my life. Daniel adopted, Daniel brought in, Daniel sacrificed for I love you, Daniel. When I'm living in that story, I'm different. When I let these other tags and other other identifiers and other lesser loves start to become primary in my psyche, primary in my actions, everything falls apart. Jesus goes under the water and comes up and the heavens are split open. This is my child. And how many of us need to hear that tonight? Hey, I see you trying to blow up your life, trying to earn love. You are my daughter. You can stop that now. I'm just trying to get affection here and I'm trying to be affiliated there and I'm trying to get the affirmation from this group and I'm trying to be an insider because I've spent my life being an outsider and here we are trying to carve out a life of meaning and and the father's going, hey, you are my son. I love you, girl. I'll always love you. Always, will will you let me be your father? Will you let me provide for you? Will you let my affirmation be the thing? Because all that other stuff, you're just, you're just scratching the surface of my affirmation for you. You can stop it now. This is my daughter whom I love. Delight of my life. In you I am well pleased. And what I wanna say tonight is baptism drowns away every lesser tag so that you can come up a daughter or a son. Downstream. downstream, washed away. God is crazy about you. And the way I feel about my, my kids, it doesn't even scratch the surface of the way the father feels about us. If we can just submit to Jesus and go down with him in the water and come up, you'll start to hear the skies splitting. And you'll start to, it kind of looks like the dove of the spirit and landing on you like my life is different. This is my child whom I love, delight of my life. In you, I am well pleased. And that will be all that we will ever need. The affirmation of heaven. Baptism gets us in on our true identity. The third thing I wanna say tonight His baptism gets us in on the story of the future. 
Baptism's about an early story, the chaos of Genesis 1 and the story before we read Genesis 1, the, the utter darkness and deep, the abyss, the, the heaviness, all the chaos. Yes, baptism addresses that, but baptism gets us in on the future, like where this whole story is careening and, and headed, like where are we going? Baptism tells us where we're going. You see in Revelation 20, this, the, the third to last chapter in the Bible, at the end of time, it is written that the Lord of life will command the sea. (laughs) The Lord of life will command the sea and it will obey him and the sea gave up the dead that were in it. How much death story do we all have sunk in the bottom of the sea? We all have so much that has, it's just gone wrong. We have, we have so much that has, our lives have come off the rail. We have broken hopes. We have broken dreams. We have broken relationships. We have done certain things that have caused it and other people have done things that have caused it to happen to us. And the sea is just full of, of little micro deaths that all of us have suffered. And it says in Revelation 20 that at the end, the Lord of life, just pay attention to that right there. The Lord of life. He will, he will speak to the chaos and the abyss and the death and the broken dreams and the broken relationships. And out of the very bottom of it, he will call up. The Lord of life only calls up life. <laughs> life is the result of his word. Life is the result. Let there be and there was. What he said at the beginning, he'll say at the end. And the Lord will speak to the sea and it will obey him. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it. We see that at the end of the story, out of the waters, the Lord of life will call up dead things to become alive again. Every dead dream, every dead relationship, every, every dead bit of our world, everything that has died, the Lord of life is going to reverse the curse and, and stand us up on our feet in life. Can you say Amen. Revelation 21, the next chapter, verse one. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth, our story right now, it had passed away. There's this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God like a bride beautifully adorned for her bridegroom. This is what John sees as the end of the story. But it says... At the end of verse one in Revelation 21, and there was no longer any sea. What? I don't think literally, I don't think this is literal. I think this is poetic. I think this is, this is John speaking to an audience. He knows his audience and he knows what the sea represents to them. Let me show you this map. Got this little uh, this little, uh, where is it at? Okay, can, I guess you can't see that. Do you see that laser? No, you don't see that laser. It, it disappears. Shoot. <laughs> Do you see Italy the boot? The greatest superpower on the planet Earth when John is writing this. And John is out here on an island because the Roman Empire had sent him out there to die. So Italy, they had the greatest navy on the planet a fleet that was unspeakable. And they lived right on the water, so they had instant access. And so they could get on their ships and go across the Mediterranean. Do you see this little Israel right here? The Red Sea, you got Egypt, the Red Sea. Little, little guy Israel right here off the coast. And the, the, the Israelites would go out to the shores, and I've stood on these shores, 
And all of a sudden they would see this monstrous navy coming in from Rome, the greatest superpower on the planet. And they knew that their story was over. The, the, the Navy fleet represented destruction and death and chaos and fear and subjugation and slavery and taxation. Everything was going to fall apart because they would go out to the, the shores and it was supposed to be this beautiful sight and then they see the greatest superpower coming in to dominate them yet again. And John is out on an island in this very ocean and he says that in that great day of the Lord, there's no longer any sea. You're not gonna be dominated by the Roman superpowers anymore. You're not gonna have to fear for your life. You're not gonna be tormented. You're not gonna be taxed to death. You're not gonna be slaves or in your own homeland. When God does what God does and the Lord of life speaks to the sea and calls up all those dead things, in the end, there will no longer be any more of that death and fear and chaos and anxiety. When God gets the story fixed once and for all, all of that goes away. Friends, baptism gets us in on the story of the future. As we watch people get baptized tonight, it's gonna be wonderful and we're gonna celebrate and we're gonna cheer, we're gonna clap and some tears will flow in this room tonight because you'll know some of these stories. But what I want you to remember is that as we're watching that, we're also dreaming of the day when there is no more death, when there is no more suffering, when there is no more mourning, when there are no more hospitals because people won't get sick anymore and accidents won't happen anymore and fires won't burn down whole communities anymore and there will no longer be impoverished children in in regions of the earth just aching for food because in the end, the Lord of life will crucify death. And as we watch baptism tonight, it's going to be that great reminder of where our stories are going. They're heading to that great day of the Lord when there will be no more suffering. There's two groups of people tonight that I wanna talk to. Group one, some of you have already been baptized. This message is for us. Tonight you find yourself dry and weary, some of you who have been baptized. Tonight, what I'm believing by the Spirit is going to happen is you're going to be dunked again. Your baptismal identity is going to be reconstituted. You're going to remember what it was first like to say yes to Jesus and to come up and the skies split and the dove descends that this is my daughter whom I love. This is my son, the delight of my life. Some of you have lost that voice. You have lost that experience and you're very dry and weary. And tonight, by the power of the Holy Spirit, even as these people get into the baptismal waters, you're gonna get dunked all over again. You're gonna, that fresh water that is gonna satisfy you and satiate you and make you happy again like a little child. Those of us who have been baptized but we've gotten dry and weary tonight, Tonight is a, a redunking in the life of the Spirit, group number one. So what I want you to do is, as we're worshiping and as we're watching this, I want you to let that be your prayer. Lord, baptize me afresh in the power of your Spirit. Baptize me in my identity again. Tell me who I am again. Make me yours afresh again. Give me joy again. Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Get your joy back tonight if that's you. The second group. 
is this group that I want to call up to the stage tonight, the people who are getting baptized. So would you join me in giving an incredibly loud shout of affirmation for the people who are getting baptized. Come up on the stage tonight, Dakota. Come on. Keep this. Hey, Dakota. Love you, bro. This is David who was out on the highway who had to pull over. This is Dakota. Come on over here, ladies. You can just hold that. Just come on up this way. Actually, come to the front of the stage. Come on up here. Up here to the front. Just hearing good reports of God healing and doing wonderful work in this woman of God's life. And just all the stories happening right here, you're witnessing a miracle. And if I ever get tired of this, I quit. (laughs) Like, please do not miss out on what's happening here tonight. What did it take Decades in many cases for the spirit of the Lord to lead these people to this moment. It's a miracle. So tonight, you're going under the water. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna ask you a few questions. I'm gonna go out here in the congregation and you're gonna make a public proclamation, a declaration of your faith. I've decided to follow Jesus. Um, The questions I'm gonna ask you are from At least 75 AD we have as the earliest account of Christians being asked these same questions like 30 years after Jesus was raised. So I want you to understand you're a part of something global. You're a part of something historic. You're a part of the larger body of Christ. This is not the body of Christ in 80921. What you're saying tonight is Jesus. In every nation, tribe, tongue, and people group saying yes to Jesus, we're in on that tonight. And so what I want to do, I'm going to come down here. I'm going to ask you four questions straight out of the Nicene Creed. And if you believe it, at the end of it, I'll say, if so, please say, I do. So let me hear your I do. I do. Okay. A little more? I do. Okay. Church, you're a witness tonight. They're declaring to you, yes to Jesus. So no spectators here. I want your faith to be strong. I want you to be prayerful about their future. So question number one, saints, do you believe in God the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth? If so, please say, I do. do. Come on, let's celebrate that. Question number two, and this is gonna be the longer one, so hang tight. Do you believe in Christ Jesus? That he's the son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. Do you believe that he is true God from true God? That he's begotten, that he's not made? That he's of one being with the Father and through him all things were made? Do you believe that Jesus came down from heaven and was born of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary and that he was truly made man? Do you believe that Jesus was crucified that he died, 
but that he rose again on the third day. Do you believe that Jesus is the one that is living from among the dead? That he ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father? And do you believe that he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead? If you believe in this Jesus, please say, I do. Come on, church. Question number three. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father? If so, please say, I do. I do. Come on, church. <laughs> Question number four. Do you believe in these people? Do you believe that your faith is not individualistic? You believe in the Holy Church? Here, yes, 80921, but also the global church. Do you believe that you're a part of the body of Christ? Do you believe in the forgiveness of sins, that all your story is being washed downstream? Do you believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come? If so, please say, I do. And now church, finally, let's give it up one more time. Yes, sir. Okay, come here. Can you get me that microphone over there, Matthew? Church, what I'm gonna have you do is stretch out your hands and we're gonna pray now over them. So David, what do you have? Got a word? Oh, the Holy Spirit's just on me right now. And I just wanna tell you guys that uh, water baptism, you know, is when we wash away all the old things. We become new and we become part of the kingdom. But the Lord wanted me to say that you are his son and daughters and he loves you I don't know what your background is with your father but I want to speak a blessing over you guys as a father that I'm sorry that I may not been in your life I'm sorry for the hardships you may have gone the rejection the abandonment but I'm here to take that place for you I love you guys I will be in your story for the rest of my life, for the rest of your lives, excuse me. And I say right now, every negative word ever spoken against you is gone. In Jesus' name. Every demonic scheme that has been called over here is gone. Every bit of guilt, gone. Every bit of shame, gone. Every bit of rejection, gone. Every bit of 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 pain and suffering and wondering why is gone you are set free tonight in the name of jesus in the name of jesus Jesus, you are set free amen and i have come to give you life and life abundantly amen now church stretch out your hands let's keep going lord we speak life 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 that all of these would be claimed for the kingdom, not just for the rest of their earthly lives, but for eternity. If any person is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So Lord, we pray that heaven would be opened over them tonight. That as they go under the waters, that they would experience what Jesus experienced. This is my daughter whom I love. In her I am well pleased. These are my sons whom I love. 
In them I am well pleased. And Lord, we pray that they would be filled with the Spirit tonight, that their lives would be different from this point forward, that the cloud that has led them to this moment now shifts behind them and separates them from their past. Lord, we thank you that what happened in the wilderness will happen for them tonight. And so, Lord, we speak blessing. Right now, would you just use your own words, Lord? Speak peace over them. Speak faith over them. Speak courage over them. Speak provision over them. Lord, we pray bless them and keep them and make your face shine upon them and be gracious to them. Lord, lift your countenance upon them and grant them peace, we pray tonight. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. Would you stand with me tonight? Thank you, David. What we're gonna do is we're gonna ask our candidates to go on down and to get lined up at the tank here. It's gonna be on the screen. So this is a party. We're not gonna be precious and oh, Like when you see them go under, let's erupt. Let's celebrate. We're going to worship the Lord together. So we're going to sing, lift your hands. But when you watch them go underneath, let's erupt tonight in the presence of the Lord. Come on, let's worship Jesus together.
says you are amazing Declare your rule and reign My life confess your lordship And glorify your name Your word it stands eternal Your kingdom knows no end Your praise goes on forever
Would you get your communion elements ready? While you're doing that, I watched David, who was hit by the Holy Spirit on I-25, watched his 85-year-old dad, watched him get baptized. What an amazing, what an, just a, never gets old. If you don't have communion elements, would you raise your hands? Our team can bring them to you toward the back here. Over here on the sides. Thank you, Chris. Wait just a minute here. One lady that got baptized, eight kids just here celebrating and amazing. Let's get ready to go back into praise the Savior, the bridge there. If you'd open your communion elements, what are we doing here in this moment? We're letting Jesus feed us. We can't live this baptized life in our own strength. We can't do it in our own power. We can't do it over the long haul. We get hungry, we get thirsty, we collapse. And this is the God who feeds his people as they live that long life wandering through the wilderness. Water from the rock, manna on the ground. He just keeps feeding us. And so tonight we remember Jesus on the night that he was betrayed. He took the bread and he broke it. And would you break that little wafer there? He said, this is my body which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, Do this for the remembrance of me. Don't ever forget what I've done for you, says Jesus. And so Jesus, we say thank you. Can you begin to thank him from your own heart, with your own words? The God who feeds us, the God who satisfies us, the God who provides for us. Jesus, we give you praise. And tonight we remember you. Friends, the body of Christ broken for you, you may eat. On the same night, Jesus took the cup of wine, knowing we would get thirsty, knowing we would need plenty of our story washed away, remade. He said, this cup is the new covenant given in my blood, and it's given for the remission of your sins. Tonight, some of you need to hear and believe for the first time in a long time. You are clean. You are forgiven. You are loved. God is not mad at you. God is not against you. God is not looking for ways to get rid of you. God passes you the cup tonight and says, you're forgiven, you're clean, you're good, drink deep. (laughs) So Lord, we give you thanks for forgiving us. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name, friends. Your sins are forgiven. You may receive the cup. Sing praise the Savior. Come on, church.
Would you open your hands tonight to receive the blessing of God? For those of you who have been baptized, tonight is a rebaptizing, a rewatering of your life, a refreshing of your life, a renewing of your life, joy returning. I pray that you would find yourself laughing again like you haven't laughed in years. Pray that your childlike faith would be stirred tonight. For those of you who have just gotten baptized, we speak the blessing of God over all five of you, that your future is marked for the kingdom. And for everyone in this place, I pray may the Lord our God bless you. He knows what you need. He knows what your fears are. He knows what your concerns are. May the Lord our God bless you and may he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you and grant you and all of your people peace. I pray these things tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Amen. One more time, let's give God praise for what he's done here tonight. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming. I don't think any of us will leave regretting having been here tonight. If you need extended prayer time, people to agree with you, our prayer team is coming down to the front now. Uh, We would love to agree with you. If you're new, swing by Guest Central. We'd love to meet you. And women, Wednesday morning, 8.30, World Prayer Center. If that's you, come see us. Go from here tonight in God's grace and peace. Much love.